0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, May 26, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 46, reading from the first paragraph, Yes, We Have Agnostic Temperament, through the second paragraph, and our comments will be focused on the second paragraph read. Today's readers are Elaine B., Dion R., and Stephanie L. The share ID for Thursday, May 25th, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 9979. For Friday, May 26th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 9981. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Carrie M. to read the 12 steps.
1: Hi, my name is Carrie M. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for our knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our fears.
0: And I passed. Thank you, Carrie M. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 traditions.
2: Matt, star one Hi. to unmute. Hi, here I am. Thank you very much. Hi, my, this is Matt M. the post from New Jersey. The 12 traditions, number one, Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Oh, OA unity. Two, for a group purpose there is the one ultimate authority of loving God to seeking to express themselves on a group conscience. Our leaders are trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop drink, eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous to set the matters of the other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has the one ultimate primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater and still suffered. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise unless the problem with problems of money, property, prestige, diverse, or our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, self-supporting the client by contribution. Eight, overuse anonymously remain forever not professional upon our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, O.A. Has such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve ten. And out of anonymous results in an issue tends to only name what never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We always maintain first line the level of press, radio, and film. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions. Every one of us principles and personality. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Matt M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 46, starting with the first paragraph, Yes, we have agnostic temperament, reading through the second paragraph. The first paragraph is read for context only, and the comments will be focused on the second paragraph. I will now ask Elaine B. to begin reading.
3: Thank you for your service, Julie. This is Elaine B., Grateful Recovered in Massachusetts. Yes, we have agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we are able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to get effective and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. And may I add women. <laughs> so um, I do have experience with this step, and I'm very grateful that I do, um, because the proposition of <clears throat> excuse me, not relying on other people's conceptions of God and being able to uh, be more open to a uh, conception of a higher power was one of the keystones that I needed in order to successfully work these steps. The serenity and sense of ease um, and security that I saw in people who had successfully gone through the steps and were living them one day at a time, I knew was distinctly different than my sort of abstinence-only experience and that I needed more. And even though I had a relationship with a power greater than myself, somehow it was not enough to give me the daily reprieve. And um, so, you know, I think of the different things that people put their faith in. You know, they put their faith in a way and pay program. They put their faith in what they see on the cover of a magazine. i got to buy it and try it because that's going to help me be relieved of this extra weight and, um, and get my eating under control. But, you know, if I've successfully taken step one and realized that, you know, when I start eating, more is never enough. I cannot stop eating once I put that alcoholic substance of food into my body and that once I do stop, I've got the terrible mental obsession that uh, someday, somehow, I'll be able to start again and it won't be a problem for me. You know, I I lived that way and, uh, man, I lost a lot of years in that. And so to begin to crack open the door and say, you know, instead of a magazine cover or a way in pay or somebody else's way, maybe I'm beyond human aid. And can I crack the door open just a little bit? You know, I trust that when I flip a light switch, the light's going to come on. I believe that that blinker on the car ahead of me, that that guy's going to take a left-hand turn pretty soon. Can I put just that kind of faith in there that maybe there's something out there that maybe I don't know, maybe I don't fully understand. Maybe people have told me about a God and the way they lived it out shuts me down. No way do I want to have anything to do with that power. Maybe I can throw all those conceptions out and just begin in a simple place of saying, you know, there's something. I don't know what it is yet. I don't have to des- define it. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's. But it has to be a power big enough that I can believe can really relieve me from my obsession. And the experience they say in this book is that that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. And that what happens when we do open this door with step two and begin to take the other steps. That we truly sense a power and direction coming into our lives that helps us not just with the food, not just with the obsession of the mind, but with every problem that we face one day at a time. I'm so grateful to find a solution. I hope you do too. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Elaine B. And who would like to share on the second paragraph read? Jody EQ. Sean EQ. Uh, Deanne R., you were the third person, but there was somebody before DNR. R. Shawnee B. Shawnee
4: B.
5: Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyone else? Charles D. Charles D. Melanie C. Melanie C. Okay. We'll start with this group. Okay. Jody E.Q. followed
6: by Shawnee B. Thank you very much. This is Jody E.Q., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in California. Good morning, everyone. So, yes, I can choose my own conception of God, and that will be sufficient, provided that I take a few simple steps, other simple steps. So not only do I have to come to believe in a concept of a higher power of my own choosing, I must also take other simple steps. And what are those simple steps? They're the remaining steps. And they're the first step. I need to be abstinent, first of all. I need to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. That's the tall order right there. So yes, I can choose my own conception of God, but I have more work to do. That's not the only thing I have to do. God works for us when we follow a few simple rules. It is open, we believe, to all men. God is available to all men. But we do have, there are some things we have to do for God. We have to grow closer to him, seek his will for our lives through prayer and meditation. And then be willing... To give our time our money whatever god asks we have to be willing to give we have to abandon ourselves utterly to him and when we do that
3: great events
6: will come to pass for us and countless others and just as we see so many people on this line giving of their time giving of their money giving of so much time and dedication to this program and we see it working for them, so too will it work for us when we become willing to offer ourselves to God without reservation. And with that all pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Dodie EQ. And Shawnee B followed by Deanne R.
5: Hi, this is Shawnee B, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um, This sentence, we found as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results. And what this is telling me is that all I really need is a willingness to believe in a power greater than myself, and I can start getting the results of the program, um, and as it says later on, provided we took other simple steps. So, you know, step two, this willingness to believe in a power greater than myself it comes directly after step one, which is that I need to truly believe that I am powerless over the food, over my disease, over my compulsive eating. And if I'm truly powerless, based on what my history shows me with my um, my relationship with food, then I the, you know I, I look around at all the at all the recovered people in the room, and I see that they tell me that that their higher power was able to do this for them. They I was not able to do this on my own because if I was able to do this on my own, I would not be in program. It's you know, it's hard work, all the the the, the following steps that I have to take and the daily work that I have to do. So, I have to truly believe that like all the other people that came before me that if their higher power can do it for them, my higher power can do it for me. And that's all I really need. I need this willingness to believe that there is a power out there that can do it for me. Um, and then, and then get on with the steps, get into the action. And that's where I found relief. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Shawnee
0: B. And Dion R. You're next followed by Charles D.
7: Hi, this is Dion R recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? I can. Hello. Oh, good. Okay, great. Hi. Uh, yes, this is Dion R, and the part the sentences that stick out to me this morning, and I heard others say it too before um, uh, today. I don't know why this part is. This is our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to and to affect a contact with him. Even prior to that, that part before we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. And that's so ironic because when I came into the program, I thought everybody had the same conception of God until I heard people. uh, My mind was so closed. It was just like, oh, it's just one way. That's it. Anybody don't do that way, it's wrong. And it was either the hot or the opposite. And to my point to find out that other people were recovering, didn't have the same concept of God, the same concept of the realm of the spirit, the same concept of internal, in, um, I mean, the creative Intelligent. but they were still recovered. They were happy. And I didn't have that. And I thought I knew everything there was about God, but I was inadequate. And my God was inadequate because He couldn't help me, but He just wanted, uh, He did the best He can, and I was doing the best I could. That's how. Um, fronting my approach and my thoughts were about uh, my higher power um, due to prior experiences. But also, I had a sponsor who said, You know, well, my my God, because to me, growing up, like many people I've heard before, was he was a punishing God. And uh, if I thought wrong, I was going to hell or wherever I was going to be punished. So, of course, I uh, felt like, uh, well, what's the use? You know, I can't stop eating. He can't stop me from eating. Um, so uh, I might as well just take my weight. Let me mean, take, you know, do what I do. And so I got to the bitter end, and I could not stand myself. I could not stand the way I looked. I could stand the way I felt on the inside, more importantly, that I did about my sponsors, uh, of a Higher Power. But that just opened the door for me to have my own creative uh uh, understanding of a higher power went and went to a 360-degree turnaround. The same one I had as a child growing up is the same one I have now, even though it wasn't always like that. My was but anyway, with that, I'll pass, and thanks for allowing me to share. Have a great day. Thank you, Dionne R. And Charles D., followed by Melanie C.
4: Yes, hi. This is Charles D. from Oregon, Recovered. Uh, I'm very grateful to be here this morning. I uh, I came into this program without an experience of God and with a a bad eating disorder, a bad disease of that food had um, brought me down, and I was struggling with life. And I also had a, an interest in in finding a God, but um, because of my um, multitude of uh, character defects and a lot of uh, negative thinking that I had um, used for my life. Uh, I had really blinded myself from, from that experience of God. Food and, and just my way of being were, were too much for um, a relationship to really develop. And so this, this program gave me great help um, or great um, hope. Um, because um it it promised that um I could have help with with my addiction of food in food, and also that I could find um a relationship with God for the first time in my life, which i both of those things I really dearly needed. The problem was is that uh I only have well I only gave myself very partially to the program itself and um, even though I began to sense that there was a higher power when I started the program and I started doing some steps, I was um, very lackadaisical about um, participating Um, and so my lack of effort um, showed that there was only going to be a a small amount of, of relief from my addiction and our relationship with God. And so I, even in program, I I just had to, I had to let the, the, the disease just work on me a little bit more, until um, I really became willing and and um, decided, um, really at the encouragement I feel of my higher power now, is to really give myself to the program and and uh, as soon as I started working the steps in earnest with the. Uh, Sponsor. Um, then, lo and behold, I I finally had a, a higher power. I I began. Um, I could. I had someone that I could talk to. Um, I had someone that I felt like was there when I meditated. And um, this was a a great great gift to finally have uh, have God in my life, and also to have some relief from this disease. So I had to give up my unworthiness and my prejudice about um, thinking that I was not gonna be, uh, God was not gonna be a part of my life, but I, I re- recognize now that this program was, was exactly what I needed. I think it was the only way that I could ever find God is to uh, get in recovery and, and also to have a, a, a program that involved uh, needing God to um, to overcome my, my disease, so thank you very much.
8: Thank you, Charles D. And Melanie C., you're next. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. I love being able to reflect because then I can look over my experience with this and really kind of hone in on what I came to know today, and that certainly is um, looking at this through um, hindsight, I'm trying to keep in mind that this is the third step and and then it's that third step has made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him and I can tell you that I was just a balled up mess of control and fear when I came in here, and I had an idea of something like that that then hones in on the word of prejudice, I suspect that it was prejudice I had. Um, a resistance to the idea because I had an expectation of what that God-like thing was going to do and deliver me through and I honestly thought that I had free will choice to decide whether I followed a higher power, i.e. God, that that I had learned about or just go ahead and go about life, um, making my own decisions and and moving along the way I thought that I saw other people doing and and that was fine. There were no consequences for choosing one over the other. And um, that was my best thinking that I brought into here. The, um, the concern came when that um, I found that when I was here that my best thinking got me here and I needed to do something about that. And so it was just a willingness to say that there's somebody going to be able to, to show me the way that I wasn't able to see to get what was happening in these rooms called recovered. And that's where it began for me. But I had to unlearn All that I brought in here before there were some words that were that were that offended me there were some words that I was resistant to to trying on and and I felt like I needed to find a label and a description and a design with my own thinking and that wasn't helping me either it actually caused me to be more resistant to this heart pressure of moving away from Um, and I can tell you then the next piece that we talked about I guess I was just talking about the willingness but the next piece that was so helpful was it, is it, Melanie, is it possible that there's something? You know, unlearn what you've learned, but is it possible that there's something? And the big book provides that for me. calls it creative intelligence. Call it the spirit of the universe, something that's underlying all of this that's going on. Is it possible? That was pretty broad for me, but I knew that it was possible that the sponsor that I had had something that I didn't want, and that was pretty powerful. And I could go there just inch by inch. And then I saw something happening in rooms where people were recovered and standing up and I saw transformation, I saw personalities change. I thought that's bigger than what I had. I could do that, continuing to have to put down those ideas that I'd learned before that I was resistant to because whenever it came up, it just welled up to stuff within me. Um, and I loved that idea, but the way that it happened, and I'll close here, is the way that it happened here for me is what they're talking about. The door stayed open the transformation came to me I didn't have to design or decide any idea about God as long as I continue to work the steps in order every day it continues to build and happen to me it's coming to me it's taking me over softening me humbling me and it's a wonderful thing the pressure was off it's being created because of the process here as long as I took other simple steps to reinforce and keep the doors open. Thanks uh, for the extra seconds there, Julie. Bye.
0: Thank you, Mel. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Lynn P. Lynn P. Courtney B. What, can you say that again? Courtney. Courtney. Okay, Courtney B. Okay, anyone else?
9: Kathleen O.
0: Kathleen O. anyone else Laura W okay we'll stop with that Sherry KB. Uh, Li- okay okay got you Sherry uh, Lynn P followed by Courtney B go ahead Lynn
10: from California stay from the hot tub anyways I would like to discuss this it, it was wonderful reading uh paragraph, and it reminded me in bill's story where where you know evie was across from bill and he basically told bill you know why don't you choose your own conception of god and he and that's where you know uh his icy um you know, he you know he was in the shadow of the mountain of the, of his icy intellectualism and it, it shattered and he finally uh, stepped into the sunlight And I could say that that was very much the case for me. Um, You know, I grew up in a religion where I didn't understand the language, that there were weird rituals. I was scared of my religion and God uh, as it was presented. And so food became my God. You know, uh, I, you know, it was all about my control, my accomplishment, my results, my self-centeredness, and I would turn to food when things got rough. And Today, I understand the folly of that, and I understand uh, that I can have a God of my own understanding. And what's so wonderful about that is, you know, my God is all-loving. He's not going to put me, you know, to hell. You know, he didn't create me so that he could torture me. He wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. And he gives me little nudges, you know, in the right direction in terms of inspiration when I'm meditating. Um, And that's the kind of God that uh, works for me. It may not be the God of my upbringing, but it's the God of my understanding. And that's all that matters. That's all the book requires. And what's so wonderful about that is I can turn over uh, not only my food addiction, which is abated, but uh, my character defects to him and pray for their removal. And why do I know that he will do it? Because he loves me and that he can. So he has the ability to remove from me my character defects. Um, as he removed my uh, eating disorder, and, and he does because he loves me. And, and that's my understanding of higher power. And what's so wonderful about that is that um, I can, you know enjoy uh, the benefit of knowing that I'm not God. Uh, that, that was uh, one of my character defects, uh, thinking that I was responsible for all that happened in my life. And once I uh, relinquished that, and turned everything over, um, I'm having a much better uh, life and a much better uh, existence. So with that, I'll thank you.
0: Thank you, Lynn T. Courtney B. followed by Kathleen O.
11: Courtney, a star one.
12: To unmute. This is Courtney B. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, goody. Okay, I'm Courtney Recovered in Northern California. So when I came in and the God, 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 I'm like, oh, no, my heart just sank. I said, I am so screwed. I am so screwed. Because if I'm to pray to God, which God am I supposed to pray to? I thought the Christian God, the Jewish God, the Hindu God, the Buddhist gods, I I don't know. What if I pray to the wrong one and they're not listening? So I was willing. I decided I would pray to whom it may concern. If anyone's concerned about me, I'll pray to that God. And so I just did. I got on my knees and I said, to whom it may concern. And then it kind of led to me writing out what I had been taught about God, what I believed about God, but more importantly, what I felt about God and what I felt was fear. What I felt was the belief came up that, well, God plays favorites and I'm not one of them because look at my life. I don't have the life others have. And of course, it would make perfect sense that in my inventory with fear, the first fear that I put out on my paper was God would abandon me. Of course, if I believed God played favorites and I wasn't one of them. Wow. So from there, how I felt about God. And then I just started realizing, how is it? Every church I ever went to, I started going, oh, I better find a church. Baptists and Lutherans, I went to all of them. Sooner or later, they all wanted me to sign membership declaration of creeds and what I believed. But I didn't believe them all, and I wasn't going to sign them. So that wasn't wasn't working. And then I found out I've got part Jewish, so I'm like, oh, I'll do the synagogue. Orthodox, reform, progressive, same thing. And then I thought about, oh, wait, hey, how is it we can all come together, have our own concept of god and still unite and you're not asking me to sign a creed of beliefs but just a willingness to believe that as bill says we willingly surrender to the unenforceable there's lots and lots of room and with that i pass
0: thank you courtney b kathleen o followed by laura w
2: Kathleen
0: O, star one, to unmute. Um, Somebody is unmuted, but it's, there's a lot of background noise. We could all check our phones. Okay. Kathleen O, are you available? Okay. Let's go on to Laura W, star one.
13: Hey Julie, it's Laura W. Can you hear me?
0: Uh, I can. There is a lot of background noise.
13: Um, yeah, I if hear Everybody it too. could check
0: their phone star one to mute, please. It sounds like some type of um, machine, maybe or generator or something. Okay, Laura W. Go ahead.
13: Thanks, Julie. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic, in South Jersey. Gosh, you know, when I came into program, I had a God, I grew up with a God. I didn't think that the first three steps would be a problem. I thought that I would just have to get the food in order and, um, you know, and it would be okay. But what I never realized my whole life growing up in a religious home is that I never put the food and my eating disorder and God in the same sentence. I kept them completely separate And I figured that one had nothing to do with the other. I see today that this for me is all about spiritual growth. It's not, you know, spiritual growth. It's about not just finding a higher power that's going to work in my life, but to experience a higher power. And I experience God and I still experience God on a daily basis when my own resistance to him stops. So if I'm thinking I know what's best for me, and if I am running on self-will, I'm not experiencing God. I'm running by you know, by Laura's will, and that just runs me into the ditch every time. And today, one day at a time, I wake up every day turning my will and my life over to the care of God, who has restored me to sanity one day at a time. You know, first I had to believe that something other than myself was going to help me. Then I had to take action because belief without action or faith without action is pointless. And then I got faith. So faith just didn't come. Faith was like the third thing that came. I had to believe I had to take action. And then the faith came. It just developed over time by doing and making a decision is a great first, you know, first step, but a decision without action is, you know, it's pointless. And, um, we can make decisions every day, but unless we move forward in that decision, it's just, it's just lips, you know, lip speak, word speak. You know God is here for me if I ask for help. My own conception of Him is enough. Whatever my childhood conception is or was, um, it has changed over time. I just have to be willing. I need a little bit of knowledge about a higher power, and then I began to let go, and that resistance stops. And today I'm grateful not just to have a God in my life, but to experience God in my life. Thanks for letting me share. I pass.
0: Thank you, Laura W. Kathleen O., are you on the line?
9: Yes, I am. Thank you, Julie. I You're don't welcome. know why my phone my phone was not unmuting for some reason. So I hung up and called back.
11: Great. Okay, Thanks. so
9: <laughs> thank you. This is Kathleen O., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in California. And contempt prior to investigation. You know, all I had to do was set aside old prejudices, and I had plenty of old prejudices. Um, Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and and to affect the contact with him. And, you know, thank goodness for Ebby telling Bill he could choose his own conception of God. Because if... If Bill had told, if Ebby had told Bill he had to believe in God to stop drinking, Bill may have died a drunk. This book never would have been written, and we may not all be here today. When I was told there was hope for my hopeless state of mind and body, and all I needed to do was to be open-minded and to have this new way of thinking, to be open to, to a new way of thinking, um, you know, I was, I was willing because I was so... Um, I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired you know i learned through the examples of bill and man in the bed and fred and jim that self-knowledge and willpower wasn't working for them and it certainly wasn't working for me and if i was told when i came in that i had to believe in god i i hate to say it but i probably would have continued to be fat and miserable so being able to choose my own conception was something i was able to do i mean you know, all I had to do was go to the beach and sit at the ocean and, and watch what happened out there with the water. I mean, I couldn't make tide go in and out. Something was doing it. It wasn't me. Um, that's bigger than me. And so all I had to do was believe in something as long as it wasn't me. And and that's a really big neighborhood. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things out there bigger than me. So with, you know, with a higher power, I was able to go through these steps. And with my higher power, I'm, I'm able to live these steps a day at a time. And I have to say that my relationship with my higher power continues to grow and evolve all the time. So, again, I'd rather believe in God and find out there isn't one than to not believe and find out there is. And I pass.
7: Thank you.
0: Thank you, Kathleen. Oh, I'm going to sneak in for one second. This is Julie R., recovered compulsive overeater from California. Oh, Sherry, I forgot you. Sherry, KB, go ahead. Sherry KB, star one to unmute. Forgot you were on the list.
14: Julie, the same thing. Uh, anyhow, sorry, I have some cat shenanigans going on. As soon as I star one the cat did something. So I so I went, What? Sorry. <laughs> Hi, it's Sherry. Um, Grateful recovered, Compulsive I Reader Northern California. Thanks for your service, Julie. Um, okay. Uh sorry, cat shenanigans going on this morning. Um the uh so what I'm being told here is I don't have to consider um, anyone's conception of of a higher power, but my own. Um, even choosing the name God or whatever, um, I'm given the idea of the creative intelligent spirit of the universe. And later on, we read about um, many, at least five different names, different names in this book that we're told about a, a power, higher power of our understanding. And this is about Step Two, Three, Twelve. It's talking about that. Um, I began to sense a new, uh, a new sense of power and direction, provided I took certain simple steps, and that's what we're talking about: is taking the steps. And that I, I love the fact that my higher power doesn't make it too hard terms for me to seek him. And I've always been told, and this is a a, a thread throughout that I've heard people say, that everybody can agree upon is that my higher power is there; I just have to ask. And um, I have to set aside my prejudices about all of that in order to be able to get into this work. And I love that the realm of the spirit is broad and roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive. So any one of us can do this at all. It doesn't matter what our backgrounds are. It doesn't matter what religious affiliations we've had. We just need to earnestly seek a power greater than ourselves. And um, and I just know that without that, um, you know, it's... I want ease and comfort and I can now get ease and comfort with a higher power rather than ease and comfort in the food. And um once I tapped into this this amazing resource, um it, it has just been an amazing ride. And with that I pass thanks.
0: Thank you, Sherry KB. Uh this is Julie R Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And you know, I have this whole page highlighted. And I think there's so many key things for me is, you know, I don't need somebody else's conception of, of God. You know, the God that I was raised with, I quickly abandoned as soon as I moved out of the house and to never return pretty much because it wasn't a God that, um, you know, was positive. It was a, a fearing God. And and I I always thought that the other shoe was going to drop if I, I turned my will and my life over. It was I was going to be this, like, Job. If I turn my will and my life over, then all these things are going to happen to see to test my faith. So I relied on Julie. And, um, and that's with the food and with spending and with whatever. It was my way because as long as I didn't, you know, surrender, I wouldn't have to worry about having things taken away from me. And, you know, as I got into the big book and I got to see that my only saving grace was to believe in something because if food was my solution and it's all about lack of power, I had to find what is that power that is greater than me. And, you know, it's something that is ever changing. You know, the God I had when I got out of relapse almost three years ago is not, I mean, it's the same outline of God, but my, 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 I have a deeper belief and it's ever changing. And, and I, I keep my um, prayer and meditation fluid. I don't do rogue prayers anymore because I did that as a childhood, you know. Um, I change it up. I change up my meditations. I change up my spiritual practices if I'm lighting candles or if I'm lighting incense or if I have my sage, I um, if I use sweet grass, whatever. It's because I, I don't want to just it be something that I do and it doesn't have meaning. And I love, you know, the stories. It's like, you know, he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And that's when I would go back into the food. You know, the food is the last thing to go. It's when I take my will back, the ego, the arrogance, the listen to me, I have to be right. And if I if I continue to tap into my source, that true source, that makes me authentic, which makes me free and neutral with the food and clarity and I, I don't overspend anymore. I, I don't over, I haven't overeaten for almost three years, and I don't want to overeat. I'm at a normal body weight, and it, that didn't come from me, that came from my God. And it's it all started with, I'm not God. There's something out there that kept me alive through all of this hell, of the traumatic childhood all of that. There's something out there that kept me sane. I might have been morbidly obese, but I was still alive. And now, you know, today it's like, yeah, I'm a free woman in so many areas. And it's only because I started with a belief in a God, not the God of my childhood, not my sister's God, not my brother's God, but Julie's God. And I got to, you know, let that Expand and it still is, it's ever changing. And it's like, you know, when I wake up, it's like, thank you, God, for another day. Not, I wake up, oh my God, look what I ate yesterday. Or fast forward to just being abstinent and not recovered, oh my God, look at what my behavior did yesterday. It's like, I get to wake up and say, yes, yes, I have another day to get this thing right with my God. And I will pass with that. And we have um, time. I think I'm closing at 7.45, I can't remember. Maybe we have time for one short share. Margaret D., Margaret D., yes ma'am. Go ahead, you'll be our last share,
11: thank you. Oh, um, thank you, Um, uh, my name is Margaret D. And I am in amazement at being a recovered compulsive eater. And um, I really, I wish we could stay on this topic, on this page, or this chapter even forever. Um, when I was growing up, I had, um, an, I think it was a very natural and um, heartfelt relationship with my higher power as a child. And then the big talks, the big, uh, the big book talks about that um, being obscured, you know that every deep down every man, woman, and child has that um higher power within, and that as um as I got older, it was calamity that obscured God, and I remember very, very clearly being like maybe eight or ten years old, and deciding if this was how God was going to behave then he could just go his own way and not bother me. And I was so angry at God. And after, um, as the teenage years rolled around, whatever, I forgot about the original argument that I had with God um, and the cause of it. But I started to make anger, fear, resentments, Um, selfishness that was my go-to. And then it was a natural thing to go to food from that. And so um, um, I just feel like God has reclaimed me. And what I really love about program, and I, uh, I don't like about the disease, but I do like about program, is this is such a great way to lovingly continue to explore my higher power and to um, continue in that um, in that relationship because now when natural events happen and um, instead of going back to that old fallback about being resentful, angry, you know, I didn't get what I want as quickly as I wanted it or whatever, it's like I can talk to another person in program who has that God consciousness, who's actually you know, trying to um, experience their own relationship with God. And that's so spiritual that for me it just um, it puts me back in touch that it's okay to have God in my life again. Um, the the last thing I, I'd like to kind of share is a piece of literature one time that I was um, reading from the Oxford group talked about, um well it was well, Hi. There, my, anyways. okay um with that i'll pass but uh, i'm just so grateful today
0: um so I, and thank you bye thank you margaret d it is now time to close our meeting i'd like to thank everyone who has shared we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer and will be on our Please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
7: Hi, my name is Dionne a Recover compulsive Reader.
2: Uh,
7: our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sinning. The answers will come. of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and we will surely meet some of you, you, you surely will meet some of us, I'm sorry, as you choose the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, I pray.